Hi, you're listening to the Unorthodoxy Podcast. My name is Duncan Rayburn, and in this, my first Unorthodoxy Podcast, I want to talk about heresy. I want to do this because I, I think it would be fun, but also because I think this could act as a bit of a disclaimer for future episodes in which I'm bound to tread a little bit beyond what most people will think of as orthodoxy, specifically with regard to Christian theology. I'm really fascinated by the fact that many Christians, both in the real world and in the media, because there seems to be a difference, they're fond of throwing the word heresy around. Evangelical Christians are especially fond of labeling heretics in what Matt Archbold calls excommunitweets. I love that term, excommunitweet. It's kind of endearing, but also a little bit sad. In any case, I think we need to challenge what we think of as heresy. This is something that the wonderful writer G.K. Chesterton has done in a book called Heretics, and I'm just to warn you, I will be referring to Chesterton quite a lot uh, in the future. A heretic for Chesterton is simply someone who has the gumption to disagree with him. Heresy is a joke word for Chesterton and and not an excuse for excommunicating people. Chesterton, in, in saying this in a way, Chesterton undermines what a lot of people think heresy is by pointing out that often it's not about what is right or wrong, it's kind of specific categories, as much as it is about what perce- people perceive to be right or wrong. And of course, this will depend very much on their own ideological commitments. That word heresy can be very dangerous. In fact, much blood has been spilt in history because of it. I think, uh, just as an example of of John Calvin, who, in the name of his own self-created, his own self-invented orthodoxy, orchestrated the murder slash execution of the so-called heretic Michael Servetus. It's a pretty extreme example in a way, and it's one of the reasons why I don't have too much time for Calvin, but it's also quite telling. Because Calvin, for many today, is a lot like a a theological superhero. He's kind of flawless, apparently uh, original sin didn't affect him or his uh, theology. And yet this guy was a murderer precisely because he had taken his gospel as the gospel. This example also exposes a, a fairly sad irony, which is that the person who brands another heretic as a heretic tends to soon look like a rather bigoted and hateful individual. It's been especially easy in history for people to brand others as heretics when they don't actually understand them, when they haven't taken the time to really come to grips with what they're thinking and saying. And this is really tantamount to saying something along the lines of, you're a heretic because I'm an idiot. And I know this sounds really silly and yet it is often what happens. And the consequences are often really ugly. So bearing this in mind, I'm not that interested in the distinction between what is orthodox and what is heretical, except in a very, very particular sense. If orthodoxy is simply a set of beliefs and practices accepted merely because they are what have been handed down, then really orthodoxy is useless to us. If orthodoxy is about the terms and conditions that we must agree to without carefully looking at what they actually say, then orthodoxy is really a kind of stupidity. This kind of stupid orthodoxy is why Charles Bradlaugh has noted that with very few exceptions, the heretics of one generation become revered saints of a period less than 20 generations later. I'm not sure if he's exaggerating, but maybe he has a point. Um, You see, Christianity was 
in its early days, one of the greatest Jewish heresies before it became its own kind of orthodoxy. And of course, it's a contested orthodoxy. It's not this unified field where everyone uh, doesn't have differing opinions. And then uh, just to use another example, initially Protestantism was a Catholic heresy before it referred to a group of denominations, each with its own version of what orthodoxy meant. So in a way, there is no such thing as orthodoxy. There is there are orthodoxies. So I'm going to quote Brad Laugh at length uh, because I think it's helpful. He's, he says this quite profoundly and beautifully. He says, heresy is in itself neither atheism nor theism, neither the rejection of the Church of Rome nor of Canterbury nor of Constantinople. Heresy is not necessarily of any ist or ism. The heretic is one who has selected his own opinions, or whose opinions are the result of some mental effort, and he differs from others who are orthodox in this. They hold opinions which are often only the bequest of an earlier generation unquestionably accepted. He, that is the heretic, has escaped from the customary grooves of conventional acquiescence and sought truth outside the channels sanctioned by habit. Men and women who are orthodox are generally so for the same reason that they are English or French. They were born in England or France and cannot help the good or ill fortune of their birthplace. Their orthodoxy is no higher virtue than their nationality. End quote. I take Bradlaugh's view that um, belief too often means nothing more than the prostration of the intellect on the threshold of the unknown. I love the way he says it. Belief too often means nothing more than the prostration of the intellect on the threshold of the unknown. Heresy, on the other hand, can be precisely what develops not only the intellect, but more importantly, the conscience, our ability to relate to each other in a loving and understanding way. So to be very clear here, it's possible to be a heretic and to hold to profoundly orthodox beliefs, just as it's possible to be a heretic and to hold on to what many orthodox people would regard as heretical claims. Of course, those heretical claims may turn out, just like the orthodox claims, to, um, to actually be open to debate. And I think this is a great thing. In fact, I think this is the point. It's part of the point of why I'm doing this podcast. Debate. We're never going to agree with each other. That's just a fact of human nature. I think it's tremendously immature to, to think that everyone should hold exactly the same opinion that you do. Um, and I think that having the freedom to be intellectually honest is crucial to all talk about belief. Intellectual honesty is what got uh, C.S. Lewis to reject the penal substitution theory of atonement, for instance, and it's intellectual honesty that brought Lewis to embrace a kind of inclusivist view of salvation. Further back in history, it's, it's actually intellectual honesty that had Martin Luther reject the idea that the Bible is the inerrant word of God, a fact that I'm sure will no doubt upset a few uh, more sort of staunch Calvinists. And even further back in history, being intellectually honest left room for St. Augustine to reject a re literal reading of the creation story in Genesis. And these are all typically orthodox, they're more orthodox than I am, and, and yet they hold these views that today would, by at least quite a few people, be regarded as heretical. I think that's kind of fun. I, I think it's good to notice that some people's heroes hold to things that are perhaps a little bit heretical. I know that inter intellectual honesty is not a measure of truth. 
it's a measure of what we're able to accept as truth. And I think that's important. Sometimes the only truths we are capable of, of accepting are the very ones that others may think of as heretical, just as sometimes we may only be capable of accepting what most people would regard as orthodox. Whatever side of the imaginary orthodoxy heresy line we end up falling on. I hope that this podcast will be helpful to you. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly hoping it will be helpful to me um, as you learn with me to be more open, more accepting, more loving, more critical still, more daring, and definitely a little bit more unorthodox. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, that was the first episode of the Unorthodoxy podcast. I don't think it went too badly. And I hope you will join me for more explorations of the weird and wonderful world of belief. Um, peace, love, and entropy to all of you. Cheers. Cheers.